This episode is sponsored by Scottcoin. Scotland's first and only digital currency. It's peer-to-peer, always available, providing users with low to no fees. This is a crypto with a difference operating in the ethical space. The organization responsible for Scotcoin is a community interest company. This means they are dedicated to promoting positive change and a fairer Scotland. They incentivize and stimulate local trading initiatives, keep wealth locally and grow the Scottish economy, encourage and support local businesses and are an advocate for social enterprise and environmental causes. Just to name a few. More about ethical crypto, head over to scottcoin.com. Hi and a warm welcome to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. I am Jennifer Rose. And I am Inga Larissa. Together we are Whiskey Sisters. We would love you to join our weekly adventures. Come on, let us rock your whiskey world. There'll be lots of news, gossip, bottle releases, and we will be raising our glasses through the tastiest of drams. We'll be hosting expert guests, hitting the road and visiting some of the distilleries near you. And let's not forget dropping in some cheeky whiskey facts. Join our whiskey journey. Whiskey sisters! This week, we are all about the Isla-based distillery, Kilhoman. We have three whiskies for today's Dram on Fire section. Sanig, Macher Bay and Loch Gorm 2021 release. But before we stick our noses into our whiskey glasses, let's get them into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. A small batch craft whiskey and rum bottling and distillery business in Sight Hill has tripled its revenue by 300% in three years and grown from two to a whopping 42 employees. Young Spirits was established in June 2019 by co-founders John Ferguson and Alex Harrison, who have backgrounds in the operation and drinks industries. From the early days of bottling 750 bottles per day, Young Spirits now bottle 4,000 bottles each day, which works out at more than a million a year. This has led to three warehouse moves from a 2,000 square foot warehouse to a 30,000 square foot space, which has its own bar for tasting events. I like their style. Exactly. That (laughs) sounds amazing and a lot of hard work. So they basically bottle and label products for other brands, uh, whether it's whiskey, gin or rum, I think. They have their own indie label, which we featured last week, actually, Ferk and Harris. Yeah, I really enjoyed that that drama, actually. Good for them, eh, Inca? So the Macallan has released a short film revealing the real-life story of former managing director Janet Harbinson, who in 1926 crafted the most valuable bottle of wine or spirit ever sold at auction to Macallan Fine and Rare 1926. The 8-minute campaign film The Spirit of 1926 celebrates her legacy set in Speyside, Scotland, primarily at the Macallan 485-acre estate. Harbison, known as Nettie, is a key figure in the Macallan history and was committed to the local community and following her husband's death, she took control over the distillery to protect the brand but also its employees. And without setting out to do so, she crafted the Macallan Fine and Rare 1926, which achieved legendary status after it fetched £1.5 million at an auction 
in 2019. Whoa, amazing. What a legacy. And I think the name Natty is pretty cool. Yeah, McAllen, they have like all these auction releases are just going through the roof. Yeah, unstoppable in that in that way it would seem. JT Melick Distillers has launched a full batch of its rice whiskey just in time for the holidays. The company announced after a small batch of the whiskey sold out last year. The whiskey which is made from 100% rice, is harvested, distilled and bottled in Louisiana in the United States. It's fairly unusual for an American distillery to use rice as part of its mash and no US brand has made a whiskey entirely from rice at commercial level. But like other American whiskies, the JT Melick is aged for nearly five years in 53-gallon oak barrels. It has an amber colour and an aroma with characteristics of vanilla cream cake and white chocolate pudding. In terms of taste and texture, it's smooth with hints of butterscotch, caramel, creme brulee and dark chocolate with a bit of spice. That's what the distillery said anyway and I think that sounds pretty tasty. Yeah, that sounds amazing. But I always wonder about these kind of whiskies. Like, you know, can you really use any kind of product, distill it, put it in a barrel and then say, oh, this is whiskey? You know what I mean? Like, the Scotch rules are so strict and it's just barley and obviously like the bourbon American whiskey is different but you know what I mean like grappa they age grappa and it's not whiskey it's aged crapper you know what I mean I know and you know it's interesting hearing this news isn't it off the back particularly because we were speaking to Sam Lang in our last episode about a rice whiskey exactly I'm not I'm not drawn to trying it if I'm super honest it makes me kind of think of rice pudding vibes or I just think (laughs) of like dinners so it doesn't get my my engine raving even with those tasting notes well maybe maybe my arm could be twisted with those yeah but maybe we're a little bit whiskey snobby like mm, whiskey whiskey bitches yeah whiskey bitches whiskey bitches so founded in 2005 kilholman was the first new distillery to be built on isla in over 124 years it is a family-run business established by anthony and katie wills as the business expanded the husband and wife team were joined by their three sons james george and peter the wills family remained the driving force behind kilholman with anthony as managing director and the master distiller katie is running the visitor center and their three sons managing the distillery sales and marketing activities go team fam i know what a family affair that's so like that just sounds so wholesome i know it is really cute actually it's like proper island living yeah anthony set out to revitalize the grassroots tradition of farm distilling and their 100 percent isla reigns represents the revival of those traditions standing alone as isla's only single farm single malt scotch whiskey Pretty cool. Have you tried the 100% Isla? I've not no? tried the 100% Isla. Have you tried that one yet? Yeah, well, I actually sampled the 2021 edition. Mm-hmm. And at first I wasn't too impressed, but I left it in the glass for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it was very nice, actually, with aromas of sweet cooked apples. There was like some vanilla custard, sweet mm-hmm. smoke. And I was thinking, because I used to work at McDonald's when I was younger. <laughs> did so, you? Yeah, I did. You would look cute in the little cap. I couldn't fit the cap on because I used to have massive dreadlocks. <laughs> and then I would go home and my dreadlocks would smell like McDonald's. And, I, you know, dreadlocks, you can't wash them very often. So I was honking like McDonald's. But I just, 
that's it was funny. so good. I was working at the till. I had good fun. So mm. it was making me think of those McDonald's um, Sundays with their toffee so- sauce. It's kind of salty caramel sauce, you know? Oh, I used mm. to eat that as a teenager. Those like toffee like sauce Sundays. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah, once actually, this guy ordered chips and whatever. And he's like, oh, can I have some of that toffee sauce to dip my chips in? I was like, oh, weirdo. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, but yeah, so on the palate, it was nice and salty and oaty. And I was getting also some grape juice in there, which was a bit weird. Wow. But like in a nice way. But yeah, it was good. Like I would definitely try more of the next releases and so on. I'm loving that mixture of taste and notes there. Their farm covers a range of landscapes in an area of 2,300 acres surrounding the ruined Kilhoman Church. The southern craggy hill ground is grazed by a flock of blackface sheep. To the west, their herd of Aberdeen Angus cattle feed on a combination of macar, grasses and draft barley husks discarded during the whisky making process. Their most fertile ground, 400 acres of rich soil surrounding the distillery, is reserved for the annual barley crop, sown each spring once Isla's 50,000 migratory geese have departed, the barley ripens over the summer months before being harvested in the early autumn. Oh, it sounds so magical, doesn't it? The island living and all those animals and... Totally, the cycles of life and the different, you know, types of land and their beautiful animals. Yeah, it is. It just, it sounds like super heartwarming. I um, actually read that these days uh, about 25% of its barley requirements come from Isla, from the fields around the distillery but rest of it doesn't actually come from there. Mm-hmm. Kilhoman is one of the few distilleries still practicing traditional floor malting, a process that many of Scotland's distilleries have outsourced with the arrival of commercial distilling. They have two small malting floors for it. The process involves soaking the barley in water before it's laid on a concrete floor and regularly turned by hand. This triggers the barley to germinate, allowing for the conversion of starch to fermentable sugars and alcohol. I think there's something really cool about what that process I've not seen it like in the flesh but when you see you know pictures or videos of it it just again looks like super traditional and I can just imagine the smell yeah and I've seen people like doing like snow angels but barley angels and those (laughs) floors I'm like I want to do that oh nice yeah we need to put that on the to-do list (laughs) yeah good picture up so the peat comes from the island. So Kilhoman is peated. And the peat comes from the island from its many ocean-soaked peat bogs. Their own malt is peated at 10 to 25 ppm, so not super duper peaty, which is then mixed with outsourced malt, which comes from Diageo and is peated to 50 ppm. And the fermentation takes 85 hours, so fairly long, mm-hmm. contributing to battery and fruity notes. There's still are the smallest on Isla and actually amongst the smallest in Scotland. And the two main cast types for aging are bourbon barrels and sherry butts, which are sourced directly from the Buffalo Trace Distillery in US and Bodega Miguel Martin in Spain. As well as bourbon and sherry casks, they also fill in a number of specialty casks, including Sotones, red wine, rum, port, Madeira, cognac, and I've even seen some tequila and mezcal ones. Nice. And the first ever Kilhoman was released in 2009 at the age of three years. And the first official core range release, Mahir Bay. 
Asimahir. Asimahir, because like uh-huh. that's the name for like the kind of sandy bit <clears throat> with like the long grass, young Maher. Maher Bay <laughs> <laughs> uh, was launched in 2012 and my favourite Loch Gorm release was introduced in 2013. So basically the core range includes the Maher Bay, Sanig, Loch Gorm and 100% Isla. From year to year these core ranges, they will be like, they're not exactly the same. So and there'll be some variations in each release. Yeah, definitely and like I've had the experience with the Loch Gorm. I've tried the 2021 and 2022 and I can definitely tell the differences and I'm sure with the Isla, 100% Isla you can definitely get it. I'm not sure with the mm-hmm. other two how much difference there will be but I'm sure there's some variations. You'll need to keep going back for more and just testing out those slight variations of your favourite Loch Gorm. Dram on fire. Okay, so let's start with Macker Bay, which is a multi-award winning whiskey matured in both bourbon and sherry casks, although with a higher proportion of bourbon. It's named after Isla's most spectacular beach, bottled at 46% ABV and is a good value dram at around 38 to 40 British pounds. Colour is quite light, yellowy, strawy. What do you think? Yes, I agree. I think it's super light. I've actually got lemon juice light. I'm not sure which year's release I have and which one you have. Do you know yours? Oh, I'm not sure. I've got a sample. Doesn't say. It doesn't say on mine. Anyway, it'll be fun to see whether we get like any, is it still similar? I, I wrote down yum. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. So, I was thinking barbecued peach like sugary juicy fruity it really took me a while like at first I was a little bit disappointed like I'm like oh not getting much but then mm-hmm. with air it's like oh actually this is quite yummy I'm going back to it now it's had air I'm getting more of a barbecued notes on the nose when I initially started nosing it I don't know if I was influenced by my thoughts around the colour being so light it was making me think of lemon juice I actually got quite a lot of sweetness lemon bonbons like they're kind of sour lemon on the outside and chewy toffee on the inside. I was getting a lemon puff biscuit, again, quite sweet, but with that wearishness. Then I was getting toffee sweetness, but as I'm going back to nose it now, quite strong on the barbecue. Yeah, did you like barbecue fruit, like a fruity barbecue? More of a fruity barbecue. You don't think of the peat so much, do you? No. On the palate, I found it quite spicy. Yeah, for 46% APV, I think the texture is very light, watery. And this may be lacking a little bit body. Yeah, I find it quite spicy and drying. Although with air, it was less dry. But at mm. first, like on the initial, I was thinking, mm. I found it spicy too. I've got white pepper spice, maybe almost a lemongrass. Total obsession with a lemon today with this dram. But I didn't get much more in terms of tasting notes for the palate. And I found it quite medium finish and quite woody. Yeah, funnily enough, like I haven't written too many notes for this. And like, I mm. was maybe struggling with it a little bit. And one of the notes, um, I did sample this a little while ago so I wrote slow legs <laughs> which is really funny because we just talked about it in the previous episode totally I so you would it... think like with the slow legs that it would have been more texture but uh-huh. mm. fuller bodied yeah are you still like because you've got some in the class now like are you getting yeah. anything afterwards still quite lemony in the nose for me with that price point and with Kilhoman I don't know I kind of wanted to like it more but it's just not my favorite it's a little bit spicy 
and a little bit too kind of wearish on the palette to be my favourite. And again, I'm just finding a kind of woodiness on the finish. So I've not got much more than that, I'm afraid. Yeah, for... so maybe a little bit one dimensional on the palette, maybe. Yeah. Next, we should go with Sanig. 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 Darker in colour. I've got Ronnie Honey for the colour. What about you? I was saying more like like dark amber, burnt toffee. Like it was quite dark. I'm seeing that in cat. I've got total mood lighting vibes going on here. I yeah. am poorly lit tonight. So I kind of was doing a wee bit of guesswork on the colour. So I'm happy to go with your thoughts. <laughs> it might be different years releases. So there might be some changes to it. So this one is also bottled at 46% abv but has a higher proportion of oloroso sherry but also bourbon is included so i think it was um 70 30 if i remember right again this has won several awards it's named after a small rocky creek near the distillery on the west coast of the island nice what have you got on the nose for this one this one i just tried today and i started with yum (laughs) (laughs) so it didn't need quite as long in the glass I was like, mm. And I was thinking those caramel apples or like toffee apples yep. that we sometimes mention. There was salted toffee in like those toffee cubes. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, you know, you know, sweet and sour Chinese beef with pineapple chunks. Oh, I do love a cheeky savory dinner with pineapple in it. Good call. I've got candied orange that you would have on a rich fruitcake. This is a bit odd potentially I'm not getting it now I've gone back but I got a very strong floral like and I put jasmine washing detergent I could I could really get that but I'm with you on the toffee now I'm going back with the air in it and not as much as on the palette spoiler for palette notes but I got a little bit of beachy bonfire on the nose it wasn't too peaty on the nose what about the palette for you so the texture was pretty light it didn't feel like again it didn't feel like it was 46% ABV there was a lot of saltiness like sea spray very dark chocolate I was getting that earthy peat and I felt like the earthiness of the peat was getting stronger towards the finish with warming black pepper also that kind of you know you mentioned that orange on the nose so I was getting mm-hmm. fruit like citrus and the finish which is more like pink grapefruit nice yeah. I was getting like charred chicken as I've done on a bonfire a little bit of perfumey sweetness almost like kind of faint parma violet sweets a little bit of aniseed as well as the more kind of meaty chicken Mm, nice quite woody on the finish i found again but as i've said before when i say woody sometimes i think i mean smoky because i'm thinking burnt wood you walk into a room there's been a fire Uh uh-huh and it's more like the embers yeah did you like it i prefer it i prefer the sanic to the macarby what about you yeah it's definitely much more exciting there's more to it more layers yeah, I, I quite liked it, actually. I wasn't sure what to expect. And it's funny, actually, this is the first time that I tried it when I've seen it everywhere and everyone's always talking yeah. about it. I only just got around to it. So yeah, I, it was good. And it's not too expensive either. I still think it's probably under £50, so it's not too bad. Well played, Calhoun, and keep it affordable in these dodgy financial times. Yeah. So saving the best for last. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Loch Gorm. 2021. The name comes from the largest freshwater lake near the distillery and it is said that the darky murky colour of the loch's water is reflected in the rich coppery tones of this fully sherry matured release and again also bottled at 46% APV which we love. 
So yeah, definitely darker in colour. I've got a bit of a golden sunset, a bit darker. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like amber, light, like light rusty colour. Yeah, nice. It's pretty. Yeah, I think it looks darker in the bottle once you pour it in the glass. It's not quite as dark. Got a lot of notes because I've tried it a few times. <laughs> and I tried it again today. And You're I was looking at my bottle. I was like, oh, there's only a tiny little triple left. Oh, bless so you. I feel very, I feel you've been very generous giving me a sample. That's <laughs> a good whiskey sister for you. It was quite lighter, like with wine gums. Like there was dried fruits, but they felt lighter. And I was thinking like cranberries and things like that. But then with more air, it was very sherry, like, you know, your typical dried fruit. And even just, I could imagine being in Spain and sipping sherry, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I was thinking like dark cherries and it was quite getting sweeter. Cinnamon, brown sugar. Obviously, my bottle has been open for a while because I'm almost at the end. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Obviously, that might affect a little bit and obviously yeah. it might affect heat levels and so on. But I was getting tint peaches with gammon. Oh, yes lovely see it just it pays to stick with that bottle to keep going back getting those notes observing the changes i got a burnt sugar so like when you were saying about the brown sugar that lovely kind of burnt sugar sweetness kind of vanilla pod can really get on board with the red fruits i did also get a wee bit of a salty sea breeze on the nose and was kind of thinking a wee bit of you know like beachy smells like that seaweed that big flat seaweed when it's all wet and it smells kind of salty when you're on a beach walk mm -hmm. i was getting little wafts of that and i was i don't know if this is maybe me just connecting to island memories which it might well be but we sometimes had a coal fire and the smell of coal before it's burning nice so i was getting a lot of those kind of like coastal naturey smells so on the palette then there was some sort of slight softness compared to the other two that they were a bit more watery in a way just a little bit more texture to it i think and i was getting salty keepers mouthful of cinnamon christmasy spices very very dark chocolates but it became a little bit fruitier with air mm-hmm yeah, I wasn't getting as strong as your salty kippers, but definitely, again, coastal flavours, charred barbecue, again, flavours, but I, I couldn't really discern what. Mm -hmm. Although it's not my favourite type of whiskey, just in terms of flavour profile, I found it a bit too coastally for me, like just as a preference, but about to contradict myself. But I thought, oh, there's something really beautiful about this. It just felt very sippable. Although it's not my favourite flavours. I think there's a team with Kilholm and whiskies that you do need to allow air with them. Like even maybe a little bit more extra than you would with some other whiskies. Okay. And then you just start getting more and more and it just grows on you, I think. I remember we were chatting one night and you were sitting like a bad boss lady snipping on your Kilholman, potentially nibbling on a bit of cheese. We were messaging and you were telling me, you know, about all the flavours that were coming through as, you know, the, the evening was progressing. I know, that's what I do in my spare time. Just <laughs> eat cheese and sip on Kilholman. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream well played so on the finish i was thinking it was quite dry ashy mm -hmm. and like gentle spiciness still on the finish and i was you know cinnamon it was still there but maybe in a sweeter way like in a cinnamon bun um maybe with some sugar you know and some butter i don't know also today i was feeling like rhubarb crumble as well oh lovely mm. i've got i've got ashy and woody on the finish 
but it's interesting to hear your notes and I'm actually sipping on it just now as we're chatting and I can very much get on board with that kind of buttery sweetness on the finish now that you say that. Yeah, so obviously because I was so excited about the Loch Gorm 2021 and then my whiskey sister bought me the 2022 for my birthday. Thank you very much. (laughs) So I've been sipping them side by side every now and then and I do have to say that I prefer the 2021. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Like the 2022 is good, but I feel like there's much more like layers on the previous one. The new one is much more spicier. Oh, really? I was going to say like, what are the similarities? What are the differences? So spicier for the 22. Yeah, so there was definitely saltiness like in that one, but then there was white pepper. It felt more peatier. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like cream chilies I was doing and then even like drying bonfire on the beach kind of salty but kind of dry you know that kind of weird feeling and I found the finish much more woody and drying and nutty I didn't write sweet at all mm-hmm. like on my this one was kind of sweeter so it was maybe just a bit too dry and a bit too spicy mm. that that does sound really quite different then yeah, exactly. And even on the aromas, I put like sweet popcorn, sugar-coated almonds and nuts, other nuts. And um, mm-hmm. it was less peaty on the nose than this one. And then there was salted toffee and that rubois tea. Oh, gosh, that's quite a strong aroma and taste, that tea, isn't it? Yeah, just I was quite surprised how different it was. I'd be interested to hear if any of our listeners have tried both, what their comparative notes are. Hit us up with your tasting notes. So the clear winner for you, Inca, Loch Gorm 21? Yeah, I still would say that Loch Gorm 2021 is a winner, but I did enjoy the Sanic. Loch Gorm is my favourite of these three, with a Sanic a close second. And I'm not really bothered for trying Macher Bay again. No, I know. And they won quite a lot of awards and stuff, but it was just not... Wasn't my cup of tea. But yeah, I was excited about Sanic, actually. I might... You know, next time I'm somewhere in a bar or something, I might just order it and just see yeah, how it feels in a different setting, you know? Yes, indeed. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. So it's a while since we've mixed it up a bit in Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact, isn't it, Inca? Yeah, oh my God, it's been ages. Yeah, it's about time we put each other to the test and do a bit of a multi, multiple choice. What do you think? Yes, let's do it. Who's going first? Kay. You can ask me first. I'll ask you first. Which seasoned Scottish actor is going to make his directorial debut with Scottish whiskey drama Glenrothen for Lionsgate? Is it A. James Cosmo, B. Brian Cox, C. Dennis Lawson? I want it to be B. <laughs> Please be B. Yay! You yes. are correct. It awesome. Is the, it is the legendary Brian Cox. I haven't even heard anything about this. Oh, I, yeah, he's awesome. He is legendary. I am reading his autobiography just now and incredibly excited about this project. So, Glenrothen, so the Emmy, Golden Globe and Olivier winning actor, Brian Cox, who our listeners may know in his most recent show, Succession, will also star in this. It's being produced by Lionsgate and London-based production company, Nevision. Nevision? Nevision. Um, And not Waystar Studios. The film is described as a 
love letter to Cox's native Scotland and set against the backdrop of a thriving whiskey distillery town in the Highlands. Oh, that's amazing. And talking about succession, last summer, do you remember when you came over and then we took you to the restaurant because there's the scene when they, I think they have the wedding in Tuscany and they go to this restaurant with amazing views. We went there and had lunch there too. We went there and could pretend we were in succession. It was very <laughs> glamorous and exciting. So do you know what, Inca? Well, number one, I want to be in this movie. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and I really want to interview Brian Cox because he's just a ledge and, you know, he's got that history of doing all the whiskey pronunciation. He is my dream guest. Brian Cox, I want him. And it's as simple as that. Yes, and like a real life dream jam companion. Definitely. Do you think he would say yes or do you think he would go like his character Logan Roy and say, fuck off? <laughs> yeah. Even that would be worth it. We should just ask. Yeah. Even if we even we if we were to like, get a yeah, knockback. He told us to fuck off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that his catchphrase. Okay, so well done, Inka. Okay, mine is not as exciting, but I just found like a random thing today. So okay, here it goes. Hit me with it. In 2003, Finnish composer Osmo Tapio Raihala wrote a symphonic poem about one of the Isla distilleries. So was it A. Ardberg, B. Bonnehaven, C. Lafroig, D. Lagavulin? Oh, I love this question. I'm going to be have a total guess. I want it to be Bonnehaven, but I'm going to say Lafroig. A. Ardberg. Oh, that was who I was going to go for next. That's amazing. I know. I need to listen to it. But it's, uh, yeah, they put it on a record in 2014. Like, I think Ardbeg is like talking about it. But anyway, so it might be really crap. I'll find it and maybe post it on social media. Sounds good. You won that one, Anka. But, you know, I only went one really because I didn't didn't know any of the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) Other names didn't mean anything to me, so... (laughs) You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. This episode was sponsored by ScotCoin, Scotland's first and only digital currency. To see how you can get involved, head over to their website, scotcoin.com, or go to their Instagram at scotcoin underscore official. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please remember to leave a review on your favourite podcast channel or even tell a pal. Next week, we are featuring Loch Lomond Distillery as we both have paid a visit. And we will feature three versions of the 12-year-olds. So that will be really interesting. Definitely looking forward to that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Whiskey Sisters Podcast, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters, and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. See you next time, Inca. May your glass be full and your drum on fire. <laughs> <laughs>